Hello, I'm Kathy. And I'm Gary. And this is Torah Talk. Welcome to Torah Talk, the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? Today, Gary and I will be tackling a rather controversial topic. Does God care how we worship Him? Particularly when it comes to celebrating holidays, can we follow our hearts on this matter? Since we're saved by trust in our Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, are we free to then choose how and when we worship God? What about our favorite family traditions? Are they kosher, so to speak? Or does our Heavenly Father want something different? After this brief message, let's talk Torah. For over 25 years, Ezra International has been helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people escape poverty and persecution. In fact, almost 80,000 Jewish people have now returned to Israel with our help. The average cost to rescue one Jewish person is $360. Your gift of just $30 a month over one year can help return a Jewish person to Israel and restore their hope for a better future. Please go to EzraInternational.org and give your best gift today. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. It's so good to have you join us again today. I hope you're enjoying our Torah Talk episodes. And if you are, please remember to share our podcast with your friends. And if you have any questions or you want to talk about um, a particular topic that we've we've addressed or maybe one we haven't addressed, (laughs) please reach out to us at TorahTalkPodcast at gmail.com. You know, Gary, um, we've just uh, come through a, a season of hol- a holiday season, and um, we've celebrated Passover and how fun that is. I don't that know was. how many years we've celebrated together with our families. You know, I, I don't know, but it's been a lot of years. It's, it's been, been a lot great. of years. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and, and this year it was kind of fun because my daughter led the Passover, and it was kind of fun to see what the next generation would do with that. And they did a tremendous job. My <laughs> wife and I were talking about that. Uh, she, we both enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah. Well, it's nice, and it's, it's interesting to see that um, everybody does it a little differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, to see their little twist on it was kind of fun. Well, doing it outdoors was very enjoyable. That too. was Watching very that enjoyable. Big full moon come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very nice. Very, very nice. Yeah. But you know, um, we, we we celebrated the Passover season, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the holiday of first fruits, those biblical holidays, and at the same time, uh, the same season, the church is celebrating Easter. That's right. Um, and. This pretty much happens every year that they kind of fall kind of on top of each sure. other within a week or so of mm-hmm. each other, you know. So we we deal with this topic that we're going to talk about today every year, don't we? Uh, yes, we do. It's it's repetitive. And in fact, when I was pastoring, it was probably one of the the most challenging times of the year uh, because you know I, I inherited a place where, like every church. Uh, the tradition was Easter egg hunts for the kids, um, just using the terminology Easter, Happy Easter, and then and and when I once I knew better, once I knew the the reality of of um, what the 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 biblical feast should have been, mm-hmm. um, it was difficult to to have to try to to convey that, teach that each year. 
I had to repeat it year after year after year, and yet still, and I think I, I've I've told you this story. I told it for our audience. Um, thought I did a tremendous job of comparing the the difference between Easter and the Feast of First Fruits, mm-hmm. which would mark the day that that our, our Lord Yeshua would have presented Himself to His Father. Uh, did the entire message completed and one of our our uh, longtime congregants stood up and said happy easter pastor <laughs> so back it was, to the drawing board yeah, it, was, it was a little frustrating <laughs> well you know we deal with it every year and you know on facebook we see the memes and they're happy easter mm-hmm. um and and yet, even with our Christian friends, they may also say Happy Easter, and then they, they put a picture of the cross, okay? Because mm-hmm. I, I know what they're, they're thinking. I know that they're saying, okay, we are uh, 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 appreciating and celebrating what Christ did on the cross for us. Sure. Would you and I, of course, appreciate and celebrate? Yes. Um, but, of course, then the difference would be that God had already given us a holiday for doing that and the Feast of First Fruits. So, you know, man didn't really need to make up another one for that. And, yeah, you know. and that's an important um, thought because that's the problem. with By making up your own way of celebrating, you miss the patterns that God had put in place so many years ago. I mean, we were talking about the original Passover with Moses, you know, 3,500 years ago, set in motion a pattern and, and a, a model for us to recognize when our Messiah would come and deliver us from, you know, from this, you know, slavery of sin, uh, just as he delivered them at that time from slavery in Egypt. So you're saying that when we're searching for Easter eggs, we're not learning that pattern? Uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's a great point. You know, we miss it all. We miss it all. And we're going to talk in just a minute, for those of you who don't understand or know uh, some of this history, some of the origins of some of our most beloved traditions and holiday uh, tr- uh, holiday traditions associated with Easter, uh, we're going to talk about some of those origins mm-hmm. um, in just a little bit. But I was um, I was looking through some material, and we talked about this last week in our Torah group. I showed a cartoon, and it really was the essence of what we're getting ready to talk about it here. Is. And in it, I'll describe it for our audience. Um, there is a man and a woman sitting on a church pew, and right next to them is a, a grown man in a bunny suit and holding a basket of Easter eggs. <laughs> and uh, so he's saying to her, you'll have to forgive him. He's new to the faith, and this is his first Easter. Mm. And I didn't really know. I did laugh. I laughed when I saw this, but then I was like, I don't know where to laugh or to cry. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, because we've, we've, it, it's so, it's so, there's so many ways you could approach this cartoon that I'm not even sure how. <laughs> are any of them good or reflect well on the teachings of the None. church? I not, don't think not so. Not one, no. I mean, you know, this guy's all excited and he's trying to fit in, <laughs> I guess. And and they and they're looking at him like he's being silly. Yet they're they're. How did he even know to put on the bunny right. suit? I mean, because and how did he know that? Why was he thinking a bunny suit would be appropriate in the yeah. church? Yeah. Because I think if the church was. Um, 
properly teaching this that he wouldn't show up at the church in a bunny suit. No, somehow there's confusion. Much Would you confusion. say there's confusion? Yes, a lot of confusion. Uh, and, you know, in fact, when I saw this, when when you sent that cartoon to me, the first thing I thought of was that one year I remember walking into uh, Publix, our, our local grocery store, and um, I wanted to buy some matzah for Passover. And as I, I I went in there, and all throughout the front of the store was all the colorful Easter egg, uh, you know, the baskets and the and the candy and all those types of things. And my mind immediately went to some of the other conversations I've had with my Orthodox Jewish friends, thinking about what they, you know, I I thought of how they viewed Christianity, and it's no wonder. They look at it in a in light of maybe paganism or polytheism because of the things, the traditions that we have created that have nothing to do with the biblical origins of this this season. Exactly. Those would be the traditions of men. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, including peeps, which I do like. But <laughs> <laughs> we grew up with them. We loved we them. We all did. Them. We all did. You know, I, I was just talking with my family. We were, um, and this comes up too with um, the Facebook memes. People post pictures from like when they were growing up. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I remember with great fondness the memories of these holidays, Christmas, yeah. Easter, and so forth. And Easter was always the time my sister and I would look forward to uh, getting new Easter outfits. and Easter bonnets, okay, like the song goes, in your Easter bonnet. That was so exciting to us. And we would uh, get up Easter morning and uh, find our Easter baskets and uh, eat all sorts of candy, then put on our beautiful outfits and go to church. And, and, and yes, go learn about Jesus' resurrection, right? I mean, Uh we we did do that. Right. And um, come back, and after we come back, we'd, uh, we'd do Easter egg hunts, uh, yeah. we'd have a, a big meal. They were really good times. I mean, those are good memories. I have similar, very positive memories about Christmas. Right. Um, and I think it's that type of, you get that into your system. It felt really good. And, and I think that's one reason it's difficult to, uh, to move away from that. I think that's exactly the reason why it's so difficult, because we're, we're tied with beautiful memories of family time, um, because we didn't know any better. And it was a time when families got together and you had fun. I mean, as kids, candy, presents, I mean, what could be better, right? And so that, that does make it more difficult to, to convey that these things were, uh, well, how, do you, how else to say it, but wrong. But wrong. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, I remember even having a former pastor of mine when I was teaching these things say, well, where's all the fun? You know, because it was hard. And, so, and, and one person who said, I know you're right, but, you know, but, but because but. didn't want to give up the, the fun traditions. Um, yeah, it does make it very, very difficult. It makes it difficult. And, you know, and, and what we've come up with as the church is a, um, where we've, we're, we say, I guess we're okay with this mix. Mm. Um, maybe we don't even question it. Okay. Like, I guess I spent years and years I didn't even question where did Easter bunnies and eggs come from. It never crossed my mind. How was that related to Christ's resurrection? Right. 
It never it's, crossed my mind. It's because again, you grow you grow up with it. it it's the traditions that your parents pass down to you, right. and so no, of course you're not questioning it at that point. And so then, before you ever question it, it's become ingrained. It's become a part of you. It's become what you do each year. And um, I, I'd like to address that, but before we do, <laughs> I, you, you triggered another great memory uh, where where uh, we would take these pictures. You, you said you get a new Easter outfit and maybe a new Easter hat, bonnet, whatever. We used to have these pictures, uh, old slides that we'd show each year. And each year you'd have the kids lined up with their new outfits on and they're you know going to church that morning because they've had their, their new bonnets and hat. And my sister, I had two sisters and they would have hats on. Well, we started to notice that the one picture, the new hat was on my oldest sister and then my younger sister got a hat. Well, the following year, the hat that had been passed down was on my younger sister and my new, older sister so got, the hat hat. got passed so down. the hat got passed down each year to the so my younger sister or the sister that was younger uh, never got a new hat after never that she got always got the hat. Pa- hat passed down younger hat. kids always suffer like that <laughs> it's funny but, i i gotta just do one more memory because sure. i just triggered another one um I remember being part of, I was young, 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 and I think it was my aunt was involved in having, uh, hosting a, uh, a Easter bonnet contest, uh-huh. and we made a hat with this huge paper mache egg, and it held, it was like a little cage, and it held a little chick, uh-huh. a live one. Oh, you're kidding. Not live. And do you remember, Gary... Do you remember them coloring little chickens different colors at Easter? Live ones? Like, yes. No, that's not yes. something we, we ever did, did that. Okay, so they would be green or pink. And I don't think many of them live very long. Oh my goodness. That would not go over now. But no. I remember I I remember getting little colored chicks too. Oh, I don't remember goodness. what happened with them, thank God. I don't remember Yeah, you probably guess. scar your memory. <laughs> exactly. Sure. But, okay, anyway, so wow. there's those traditions of yeah. men. Yeah. Okay. And it, it never crossed our minds to think, okay, how is this related? Why do we do the things that we're doing? Um, those were the perfect mix of God, I we did go to church. Yes, we, you know we did talk about the resurrection. Yes, and then we come home and we we search for Easter eggs, and it's that perfect perfect mix of things. And so it wasn't until years and years later that you know I, I finally found out and and that wait a minute, I, I step back. What were we doing? Why were we doing it? Right. And I think that there's, there's a passage, a prophecy in Jeremiah that speaks of this. Because my question, and, and of course yours, why all of a sudden now do we recognize it? All these traditions we just spoke of, happy memories, it seemed normal, and we thought we, you know, we worshiped God, and then we did, just did these things, right? It never crossed our minds. So why is it that all of a sudden in our generation, we're question, we have you know, gone beyond questioning. We've, uh, in my case, your case, we've purged these things because we realized they're pagan roots and you're going to... You're gonna, and why now? Right, why now? You're going to address that in a moment, but mm-hmm. I, I want to address um, 
I mean, you're going to address the, the pagan traditions in a moment. Let's address why did we recognize it now? Why are we doing this? And thank God, hopefully, uh, the next generation won't have to pick up the traditions from us, right? Well, in Jeremiah chapter 16, and I've talked about this in the context of the return of Jewish people, Aliyah, but that's the context of this prophecy. In, in Jeremiah 16, 14, and 15, Jeremiah speaks of the day when the Jewish people will come home and God's reputation will change to that of the God who brought him from Egypt, uh, out of Egypt, from to the God who brought him out of the land of the north and all the nations that he scattered him. And, and As, that's happening today. And that's right? happening <laughs> right now today. And and later on, when we when we get into um, some of the sources of these pagan uh, issues, I'll talk about verse sixteen here that talks about the hunters because I think that's appropriate. But we keep going, and we have this amazing verse. Again, context today. And, and Jeremiah says, 2,700 years ago, he spoke of our day. And he said um, this, O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles, now he's speaking us. about us, mm-hmm. the Gentiles shall come to you from the ends of the earth and say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthless and unprofitable things, which, which a man makes gods for himself, which are not gods, small g. Oh. There, there it is. There it is. That's exactly where we are right now. Right. And in a, in a way, there, there, there's a bittersweetness attached to that, okay? It's like, oh, how did we stray so far? Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, thank you, Father, that... We are part of the generation that gets to know these things. Amen. Yes. Know? And 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 be able to break this cycle of traditions, right. uh, these worthless and unprofitable things. And, and we spoke of that earlier. While we were practicing these unprofitable, worthless items, things that maybe made us feel good or brought a smile to our face and gave us good memories, we were missing what God was trying to tell us all along mm-hmm. uh, with the patterns and, and especially now in this generation, what's happening right before our eyes, knowing that we have, you know, work to do. We have, um, uh, and, and in this case, what we're talking about with this podcast, uh, helping people recognize the God that we serve right. and, and what he's doing in this generation right. and, and how to better worship him, draw nearer to him, draw, have him draw close to us and, and we draw close to him through the prescribed methods of worship. Exactly. And I think what's also really important, and we have to always keep this in mind as we're coming to this new revelation, mm-hmm. is um, something I think you've, you've said to me before, it's very wise, is... You know, we really can't stand in judgment of someone who thinks the same way we did, you know, a week ago. Right. Okay. As we learn this new information. Yeah. I, I would advise when I, we were teaching Torah every Friday night, I would always advise our people of that because don't get bitter or angry or at people who are, who are feeling this way because we all did it. Exactly. We all grew up this way. Right. And, and uh, God in his timing will reveal to who he needs to reveal this to. So it's, a, it's not even a, a blessing. Blame game, you know. I, I I don't blame anyone for it. I don't blame uh, I don't blame people because it really wasn't time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I could go back and blame Constantine. Okay, well that would be a safe. <laughs> okay, we'll go back, and then it everybody inherited lies from there on out. 
Yeah. I mean, so um, so that's it's it's hard, but now it is starting to be revealed to us. Now is the time. So it, it's important as we hear these things. I think you and I felt this. I've always felt like as soon as I learned something, I would run with it and teach somebody else. Yeah. And as soon as you learn something, you want to put it into practice. And you want to put it into practice. Yeah, I, I've definitely, definitely been that way uh, most of my adult life as far as wanting to hear, learn God's word in context and put it to practice. Exactly. What good is understanding or learning or reading God's word and then not doing it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so um, let's take a, a step back now. And for those of us, for those of you in the audience who, who aren't as familiar with some of these uh, pagan origins of some of our, um, some of our holidays, we're going to talk just a little bit about the holiday of Easter. Okay. Now you can talk a lot about uh, uh, Christmas too and other, other holidays, but let's just talk a little bit about Easter because that's the season in which we, we find ourselves are just finished. And um, you got to go way, 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 way back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And in your Bibles, it talks about a a character named Nimrod. Okay. And he was the great grandson of Noah. He was the king of the then known world. Okay. The uh, uh, many people describe him as what would probably be the first dictator, actually. Imagine that. First first king of the world dictator. He built the city of Nineveh and he was the one who was responsible for the building of the Tower of Babel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's all in our Bibles, right? Yes, it is. Um, but there is mythology uh, related to Nimrod um, uh, that goes further, and that's where we get into where some of this pagan, uh, the pagan roots, okay, of some of these traditions. And in this mythology, Nimrod. Oh, he may very well have had a wife, but in the, at least in the mythology, he had a wife named Simiramis. Simiramis, mm. okay, and so they ruled together, and then eventually Nimrod died. But an interesting thing happened; he basically became one of the first people to be deified. Okay, made into a god or a king. We deify people all the time, don't we? (laughs) We take rock stars or actors or something like that and make them bigger than what they are. But we're talking about a really, really serious deification, wherever it came from. If, if a wife started it or what, whoever started it, don't really know. There's different stories. Sure. You go, and, and what I'm getting ready to share and we're going to talk about, you see different versions of this. You do. I, I have noticed that. Everybody has a little bit of a different, but it all points to the same so it direction. It points to the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, Nimrod eventually became known in our Bibles as Baal. Okay, mm-hmm. Baal, it was to say uh-huh. it properly. And his wife became known by multiple names, but in our Bible, Asherah would be one that you would recognize in uh-huh. the Bible, or Ishtar, okay, yeah. very the same person, same yes. goddess. And they were they both became like a god and a goddess, yes. okay, in yeah. this mythology. And now, over the years their names changed based on the 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 people group that was worshiping exactly, them. Yeah, but they exactly. Exactly. Same god. But it's basically the same god. But if you're looking in your Bibles, okay, you're gonna yeah. see Baal um, and Asherah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, this Asherah or Ishtar became known as a goddess of fertility. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
fertility goddess is really popular, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she's a goddess of fertility. Thus, she got associated with the concept of eggs, surprise, mm. okay, um, fertility symbol, and also with little bunny rabbits. We all know why. Okay, because bunnies proliferate pretty quickly. Okay, (laughs) you know, it's hard to have just two bunnies. Okay, as a male and a female, you have a lot of bunnies. (laughs) So, so you have that idea associated with Asherah with Mm -hmm. this Ishtar, right? So, this Asherah Ishtar named Semiramis at the time claimed that her her husband, who had died, this Nimrod, had become the sun god. Okay, and he had impregnated her with a ray of the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she had a son who was considered a reincarnation in the myth. He's a reincarnation of his father. So the story continues that this son named Tammuz married his mother. Eventually, if you follow this storyline down, you get to Cupid. Yeah. Uh, yay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing all the all the traditions, the pagan traditions that we've been, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, inherited. They're, they're, everybody's sleeping with everybody else well, and all of true. these myths, and then they end yeah. up on a Valentine's Day card or whatever it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And we don't see anything wrong with it. But if we knew well, the origins, we'd well, be horrified. Again, right? If you stop yeah. and think, okay, where did Cupid come from? Right. Okay. It's really from this idea of this incestuous relationship of Tammuz with his mother. Yeah. Okay. What's going on here? But, you know, we just see this cute little baby with an arrow shooting arrows through hearts of people and falling in love. So anyway, so you have uh, this god and goddess idea and this this Ishtar, Semiramis, Ishtar, uh, Asherah, um, there were holidays and traditions associated with her. So every spring on the first Sunday after the vernal equinox, the pagans would celebrate celebrate Ishtar's Sunday. Okay, so there's that Sunday, which yeah. is that the, her husband, the sun god. Yes. Okay. And so sun worship became very common. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, that sunrise uh, service that we see now on Easter uh, had its origins all the way back to the sun worship. Exactly. So yeah. so that's this this Ishtar, Baal, sun, sun god, uh, fertility goddess, sunrise services. That's how they would celebrate Ishtar's day or Ishtar's mm-hmm. Sunday. But then because she's the fertility goddess um, on this day, an event that would happen was that the, the, the temple priest would impregnate virgins, okay, on the altars. So um, temple um, sex, sex, sexuality was a very common part mm-hmm. of almost all pagan worship. Yes, it was. Okay. So that wouldn't have been a strange concept to the pagans at all. Okay. No. They, that was all. And we, we see these things biblically. Exactly. You know, that, that exactly. God had to address with the exactly. Israelites. So then as the myth goes forward, they would, on the next year, let's say they, they impregnated the virgins, okay, on one year on this Ishtar's day. Then the following year on that day, those babies, those children would be about three months old. And the myth goes, the, the story goes, the history goes that uh, at the service the previous year, these children were then sacrificed to the gods. Mm. Okay, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's horrific, and I mean, so and I think uh, the you know the whole tradition of the the dipping the eggs in in the the red blood. I mean, uh, we even our White House, uh, the traditional 
Easter egg at the White House is is in red. Is, is in red. red exactly. You know, I mean, this is this is where. And again, people don't know these things. Right. Uh, the ones who do, I have to really question exactly. their motivation and their character. But most people do not. I mean, as soon as I heard of this this idea, and. You you see different accounts, and you'll even see people who's like, oh, no, that's not how it was. But somehow, eggs did get associated with Easter. Yes. Okay, no matter what. No matter Colored what. Colored eggs, dipping and dyeing things in color, yeah. got associated with Easter. So would it be such a stretch even to say that they these were these eggs were dyed in the blood and then voila red becomes a common color exactly you know, is that, well you know. you know what we haven't really even addressed but even the name Easter oh yeah you know <laughs> Eshtar you know I mean we were pulling these names from pagan gods or goddesses instead of celebrating the way God declared for us to do it within the scripture. He gave us the biblical feast, the Moedim. And and why do we ignore them and then create our own celebrations we using pagan do. names? We absolutely do. I'm using a pagan name. And once again, it never dawned on me to know where did well, where did Easter come from? Right. Where did that name come from? That never I never occurred to me to and ask that question. No, but but you look at commentaries throughout. Go online and look at commentaries, and people will bend over backwards trying to uh, rationalize and justify the idea of all these things may have had p- pagan origins, but now we worship God with them. Exactly, and, and we're going to talk about that in just a think, second. Yes. That's where we're headed. Yeah. But if we head back, okay, let's just take a brief uh, detour back to Tammuz, okay? Yeah. Uh, son of the God and son of the god son of god yeah okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and a goddess always okay. counterfeits aren't there all right tammuz was a great hunter like his father the bible talks about that about nimrod, nimrod being a great yeah. hunter and the the story goes that he was killed by a wild boar at the age of 40 so he was deified of course okay became the son of god and every Easter's day every Easter 40 days before that celebration of Easter they would com- commemorate the death and deification of Tammuz with a 40 day uh, time of fasting mourning prayer mm-hmm. for Tammuz and at the end of the 40 days they'd have a great feast on Easter's day Easter's day and the tradition says that the main course of this meal uh, would be our what well, we came to be known as our Easter ham, the wild boar. The wild okay, boar. that 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 killed Tammuz. Okay, right. that's why it ended up on the table. Okay, yeah. um, and it is from this tradition that the church got the idea of the forty days of Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it is a that forty day. Some people in the church try to say, oh, that's based on the 40 days that Jesus was uh, in the uh, wilderness, okay? That's not true. It's based on this idea of the weeping and mourning for Tammuz. And in fact, Ezekiel 8 in in our Bibles talk to tell us about this very very thing and if you go to ezekiel 8 13 it says um the the prophet uh, is being given a vision okay and he's being taken through the temple and he's being shown things and he's being shown things that are abominations to god and it says again he told me you will see them committing even greater abominations. And he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the house of the Lord. 
And I saw women sitting there weeping for Tammuz. So sad. It's all, all foretold. We, we see it's nothing new under the sun. Um, you, have, you have this you know, worship of false gods. You have the abomination of the, the, the unclean meat. Uh, the the hog, uh, so of course going forward you will never have a Jewish person sitting you know with with a Gentile who is celebrating this way uh, at a table eating you know this this right. Unclean. So if you're going to try to witness right to a Jew with yeah. that holiday, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So so there's just so many reasons, but see how this it's so thorough. The deception is so thorough. Um, you you separate from your Hebraic root through this. You 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 know of course because you've got a, a polytheism, false gods, not the God of the Bible. Uh, you have this this idea of eating things that are not food. Um, you it's just one after another, one and after then and the not other. celebrating the the uh, the Moedim, the the appointed right. time. The original time. That, yeah. it, so I think I think the idea of separating us. From God, number one was the 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 uh, the, the um, tactic aim, of the or, enemy. The tactic enemy, of the, yeah. the aim of the enemy, and then of course separating us from His people, uh, number two. So it was thorough. It was so thorough. So we're going to take just a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to look at what the Torah has to say about this idea of mixing these pagan uh, ways of worship in with the way that God wants us to worship. Come listen to the Something Burger podcast, the newest conservative show to hit the airwaves. Join political, cultural commentator and host Michaela Getz alongside producer Cha as they navigate the nuance of current events. At Something Burger podcast, Michaela brings you the compassionate conservative argument to America's most debated questions. Listen to us anywhere you get your podcast and follow us at Something Burger podcast on social media. Okay, welcome back. We are back, and you know, before we get into the um, the what the Bible has to say about these things, and and we show examples, I'd like to address uh, this Nimrod character. Oh, a address bit. Nimrod character. Yeah, because <laughs> isn't it interesting that here he his whole motive. In life, we read from the the, the um, historian Josephus was to get people away from their dependence on God, and so isn't it? And I'll, I'm going to read a passage from Josephus in a moment. But isn't it interesting that his motivation in life was to do that? But it was even more effective after his death. Oh. That, that that because it went from generation to generation for for thousands of years. His, Talk it, about a legacy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's pulled people away from God. This is what Josephus says about him. He says, Now it was Nimrod who excited them to such an affront and contempt of God. He was the grandson of Ham, the son of Noah, a bold man and of great strength of hand. He persuaded them not to ascribe it to God as if it were through his means that they were happy, but to believe that it was their own courage which procured their happiness. He also gradually changed the government into tyranny, seeing no other way of turning men from the fear of God, but to bring them into constant dependence on his 
power. Now, you've heard me say this, Kathy, before, and if, if our audience has not been with us, they may have missed this. I believe Nimrod was the father of the progressive movement because this whole idea of dependence on government versus the dependence on God is still with us today. Oh, alive this, and well. The alive and well. We bring draw, draw people away from their love and their fear and their dependence on God and just make them dependent completely on the government. They think that all their happiness, all their resources, everything that they need is going to come from the government. This is a this is a tactic that is as old as Nimrod. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, nothing new under the sun. Nothing new uh, under uh, the yes, sun. It, and then then look at the legacy from from his life. He starts this that 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 idea of this this ideology continues. And then we have, of course, the spiritual side, the religious or false religious side of his legacy. Isn't exactly. that incredible? It's all intermingled and we and and wo- woven together. It exactly. is woven together because it all comes the the same result, losing track or losing sight. Of God and, yes. and and how to worship God, right? And is pulling, the you're pulling, away, pulling the people away from God. Yes. Okay. To put them dependent, like I said, on the government, pulling them away, and that's exactly what I believe. These traditions that have been set up, traditions of men, have done exactly that. They have. If if we're searching out for Easter eggs. We're not searching for God. That's right. There, there has nothing to do with that. And as many times as, uh, you know, like you said, people have tried to say, oh, but we as Christians, we're not pagans. Well, I never said you were pagan. I didn't no. say anybody was a pagan. We're not pagans. We are not doing this as part of pagan sun worship. I would agree with that. I don't believe that they are. No. That is not their intent. It's not their intention. It would never, ever uh, accuse anybody in the church of that at all. And yet, God says in his word what he thought of this idea of mixing pagan worship with his worship that he calls for. And if you look in Deuteronomy 12... This is probably the clearest statement, okay? And it says, I'm just going to read one through four. These are the decrees and laws you must be careful to follow in the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you to possess as long as you live in the land. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, burn their Asherah, there's our Asherah poles in the fire, cut down the idols of their gods, wipe out their names from those places. And then verse 4, you must not worship the Lord your God in their way. There it is. There it is. I mean, the, the, even though we think that they're harmless, fun, maybe uh, enjoyable, this is not God's way, therefore he says don't do it. Exactly. And that should be the that should be the answer. That's the bottom somehow line. Somehow we think that we are strong enough, we are uh, capable of I remember thinking this. Mm. I remember having a friend, it was about Christmas in particular, and uh, she did not put up a Christmas tree and stuff like that. Right. And I sat in judgment of her and I said, 
I am a strong enough Christian. I know what this holiday is about. You know, I'm, I'm celebrating the birth of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So it's the trees, just that extra fun thing. Don't take away my fun. Okay. Right, as you right. said earlier. And I, I sat in judgment of that, but she had been given this revelation before I had been given this revelation. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and no, we all, I think we've all been there. Right. We know it, it. We, we know that we weren't worshiping false gods, but not having a full understanding of, again, where these traditions came from and God's word on the subject. And that's the bottom line. We, we, we should never, ever minimize the, the fact that, or think that we know better. You know, that was, that was Solomon. That's idolatry. It is idolatry. Right. And it was Solomon's sin, really. Yes. I mean, here he was, the wisest man on earth, considered the wisest man on earth, and yet he thought he knew better, that he could multiply wives and he'd still be okay. And it was his undoing. Exactly. He thought he was strong enough, wise enough, yes. the wisest man on earth, as you said, that he could handle that. Yes. Okay? And that that would not bring him bring him down. And yet it did it bring did. him down and brought down the entire nation. And, and see, that, that's how tragic this yes. is how serious this is you're right, right. The, the entire nation uh, for and and we're they're still paying for that sin exactly. when you think about how the the, the uh, wow. kingdom was divided and then the, then later the northern kingdom scattered and then only a handful came back and then they were scattered again so yes this launched an entire legacy a, his, a history from of, one man yes one man thinking that he was strong enough to mix in things that God said not to do. Yes. Okay. Uh, to, uh, you know, this leads us to another story that you that um, is part of this week's Torah, the Torah portion about Nadab and, and, and Abihu. Yeah, yeah, yes, the sons exactly. Of Aaron. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, sure. They, I mean, they. Uh, there's a lot of controversy over the the true motivation of Nadab and Abihu. Um, or right, Abihu. and we find them in Leviticus. In, in, it's in Leviticus chapter 10, okay. and um, it is the part of the Torah portion that we're going to read this mm-hmm. week. And um, they they decided that they were going to you know, worship, they said, according to what we read, you know, worship God the way that they were witnessing uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron, their father, uh, do. As he, they, Aaron was doing it in the prescribed manner. Mm-hmm. And God had had given specific instruction. Very specific. They decided they were going to get in on the act, and they did not do it in the prescribed fashion, and they paid with their lives. Their lives. They absolutely did. You know, fire from heaven. Toast. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that wasn't the barbecue that they had in mind. It wasn't the barbecue they had in mind. And, And when you read it as a modern day Christian, you're like, well, that doesn't seem like such a bad thing, okay? Unauthorized fire. They took unauthorized fire right. in the fire pan. Well, that does, I mean, it's not murder. It's not, you know, uh, but that was not okay. That was, was not how God said worship me. That is the key right there. How, how has our God, uh, the creator of the universe, told us that we should approach him? How do we do that? How do we meet with him? He's given us those instructions. Exactly. And we're to follow them. Exactly. And, you know, just to bring this up and just a, a, another example of this, because uh, we were, I was talking about this with my family recently, the golden calf story. Um, you know, it says in the golden calf story, and I think some of us, we know that story, okay, as, uh, but some of us 
think that the Israelites were building these calves. They made this calf and were going to then worship some pagan gods with it. But that's not what Torah says. That's not what it it's says. It's not what it says. And in fact, it says in Exodus 32, Aaron says, These are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And then when Aaron saw it, the golden calf, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation, and this is important what he said. He said, tomorrow is a feast to Jehovah. That is, they decided how, that they were going to worship their God, the God of Israel, the God of their forefathers. They were going to worship him with this nice golden calf. With a nice golden calf and on a day of their choosing. A day of their choosing. And this this the was for their God. It was not for a pagan god. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and so that 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 totally dis, uh, blows away the argument exactly. that no, we're worshiping our god, and we can do this. I mean, he any knows way, he knows our heart. Day. Yeah, um, this is the high priest of Israel. This is the you know this is somebody who uh, was, should know better, <laughs> should know better, and had the position, but even he could not choose a day of his own and in a fashion of his own making to worship God. This was not the way it works. It's exactly. still not the and way it works. And they paid for it. They paid for it with that, you know, those 3,000 people, and they went through. You know, the, the Levites were then selected to kill people. It was just a big, big mess, and God was not okay with that. But I think this is the essence of what we're dealing with or the argument that is presented by a lot of Christians today is that, and I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking our audience, is there any difference between what Christians are doing today when they mix the celebrations of, let's say, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior with Easter bunnies and Easter eggs? Is it any different uh, than what they did with the golden calf? And they said, we can worship God in any way that we choose. Right. I, I don't see the difference. I don't see the difference. I mean, somebody could write to us and argue that if you if you'd like, but I I I don't see the difference. And and some people might even argue, well, that was ancient Israel. Mm. You know, we can do what we want because we have Jesus. You know, and 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 the thing is, once again, you've missed a really big god pattern if if you say that because you know we clearly when we come to know our our lord and savior yeshua we become part of israel that's right we're grafted into the olive tree there it is in your new testament in romans 11 Um, we become part of the commonwealth of israel as paul says we become part of that we're not a new and separate thing and of course we don't talk about that at other times (laughs) but but so it is for us. It, uh, it is. It is a, um, you know, this, this, we think that we're doing something new or harmless. And the fact is, it, we just made the connection that it goes all the way back to these pagan roots. And even though we aren't aware of those pagan roots, we are worshiping, we're taking a holiday, saying we're worshiping God with it, and then doing the things that the pagans have done. Therefore, we're, doing, we're, we're in a direct opposition to the Word of God as He tells us not to do these things. And I think that that's just so important for us to remember. I think that we have to look at this and say, okay, 
we can't, we can't make up our own way for this, right? We just can't make up our own way. But guess what? We don't have to. That's right. Because God already made a way. He gave us the instructions. He gave us the instructions. He gave us exactly how he wants us to, to worship him with his Moedim. That's right. And for some of our audience who isn't familiar with this, we're going to do uh, later uh, uh, Torah talks, specifically with some more of the specifics of this. But what we're talking about here is it, you'll find in Leviticus 23. Don't know when was the last time that you took a look at Leviticus. <laughs> I know I never looked at it very much. Not, not <laughs> many, many years ago. No, we didn't. None of us did because we weren't we weren't taught these things. And and this is, though, you know, a moment ago I used the word instruction. This is what Torah is. When we talk about Torah, we're talking about the first five books of the, our, our Christian Bibles as well as the, the Hebrew Bible. It is not uh, an evil thing labeled the law that's supposed to take all our fun away and, and a bunch of do's and do nots and, uh, and, and somehow, you know, uh, we've been freed from that. That's all false. No, it's God's instruction for his children from the day he gave it till today and through all, throughout time. And it doesn't change. It doesn't change. And so thank, if those instructions... Thank goodness it doesn't change. Exactly. <laughs> it, it takes all the guesswork out. Mm -hmm. That was, I think this is what God did at Sinai when he, when he met with, his, with Moses and with the, the, the Israelites. He took all the guesswork out of uh, how it is that they're supposed to worship God, because up until then it was all pagan ritual and superstition. Right, right. You throw, you you sacrifice your children. You right. do this. You do that. Um, and and now we know clearly. It's, clear. it's very clear. And he says to do it this way. So what we're talking about in Leviticus twenty three here is specifically God's holy days. You know, we have man's holidays, okay, comes from that idea. And within the church, it has its holidays, namely Easter and Christmas, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but God has his holy days. The word is moedim, as we've, you've heard us say before. Um, that means appointments, appointments with God. They are specifically described in Leviticus 23. There are seven of them each year. And then the first one that's talked about in Leviticus 23, which we have addressed and will continue to address is the Sabbath. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is a, that is a Moed. Moedim is plural. Okay. Moed. Um, but then we have the seven that we, we celebrate, which we just uh, finished what we call the celebration of the spring Moedim, the Passover unleavened bread and holiday of first fruits. And the beauty of celebrating these is exactly what you said before. It's the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, not only is it a pattern which draws us closer to God, which helps us to understand the, the plan of redemption since the world began. Which is what those, those the, feasts do. They're, they're, I mean, this is huge. Right. I mean, I, I was going to address this idea of not having fun, but let's talk about that <laughs> for a minute. You know, the... the how important is that, that we recognize the, the love, the faithfulness, the grace, the mercy of God, and, and how he showed us, I love it, uh, you know, your book is entitled The End from the Beginning, or Declaring the End from the Beginning. He showed us very, very early on that all these things would happen 
And it, would, it should give us faith and encouragement and uh, uh, strength. I mean, in times when, uh, you know, that term, which I hate, you know, these uncertain times that everybody keeps talking about. Well, in your uncertainty, you can have the certainty of God because everything he said he would do, he is doing. He is doing. And that's what we miss when we don't recognize when these we patterns. Don't do these, when we don't do, particularly these holy days, and we look at the pattern set forth in Passover, where, G- where Jesus, Yeshua, died on the cross as uh-huh. the Passover lambs were being slain. He was placed into the grave, his perfect, unleavened, sinless body in the grave on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He rose as the first fruits of the resurrection on the Feast of First Fruits. Whoa, right. what a coincidence. Right. Okay. You know, and Paul Paul addressed that in, in 1 Corinthians 15. He called a number of times, he calls him our first fruit. That's right. He even, he even labeled our Messiah as exactly what he would be, he would be uh, If you were celebrating that holiday, you would, you would recognize, recognize that. that. And then yes. he goes on the next sentence, uh, Paul says, so let's celebrate this feast. Yes. And you're like, okay, so Paul didn't do away with celebrating no. that feast just because Jesus became, uh, you know, the fulfillment of these feasts. It doesn't mean he does away, does away with them. So you look at those spring holidays. There's another holiday. Like I said, we're going to go in more detail at another time. Uh, 50 days out from these, they have the holiday of Shavuot, the Feast mm-hmm. of Weeks, as it's known. Many uh, uh, Christians know it as Pentecost, mm-hmm. its Greek name, when the Holy Spirit came. Big pivotal moment. Okay. Right. Uh, ancient uh, biblical holiday. The Jews have been celebrating it for thousands of years. And because they were in Jerusalem being obedient to, to celebrate it, it's why there was Jews from every nation, as, it, as, as the word Acts says. As tells us. Uh, right? Yes, there right. to, to, to see this happen. And they received that blessing of the flames of right. fire, the Holy Spirit. But now, like you said, we don't have to be uncertain because we know that as Jesus fulfilled those uh, spring feasts, we can look forward into what seems like an uncertain future and know that he will fulfill the fall feast in the same way. Amen. And as you study the fall feast of, of uh, the Feast of Trumpets, mm-hmm. uh, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot is its Hebrew name. You see, you learn in the celebration of those holidays the pattern that's going to be set for Jesus' return. That's and right. And you know what to look for. Okay, you know the pattern set. So that's critical, and we've lost it. But as we said at the beginning, we lost it for a time. Yes. And now it's coming back. And now it's coming back. And we we have the privilege of being able to do this. And uh, I hope we're the generation who is ending that cycle of passing down the lies. Exactly. And so that our children uh, can can go forth and do it the right way. And and that brings me back to what we talked about celebrating Passover uh, at your daughter's house. They did a beautiful job, That's right. and they they kept the feast. And guess what? It was fun. It was very you know fun. this idea that somehow keeping God's Torah, keeping His instruction, is not fun is is malarkey. Exactly. It, 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 we 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 have a lot of fun we doing what we have. and over the years we have how many feasts? You know, as you said, year after year, year after, year, after year, year, we've gotten together. A great group of people have become family, and so we so fun, and we have a. Bl- 
blast. We have a blast. We have an absolute blast. And so now what will happen with my daughter and her children is they will be raised now with this truth. Not that we have all the truth all the time. No, we're I, I, we're always learning. on learning. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that we know everything. But but with this new revelation, she can go forward with her family and uh and the blessing that comes from being obedient to God's word. She'll have that blessing in a way that even you and I haven't had it to that degree or our, uh, you know, our parents didn't have it because this is the time. So I would encourage uh, everyone in the audience, um, we don't have time today to talk specifically about the uh, the Moedim of Leviticus 23. If you're really curious and you want to take a look at it right now, grab your Bibles and and turn to Leviticus 23. you will see um, some stuff about sacrifices. Of course, the sacrifices aren't, uh, we don't do the sacrifices now. There's no temples. There's no way you're going to do that. So, But look at the things that you can do with the celebration of these feasts and, 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 and think how you're going, you want to do those. If you have questions about any of that, contact us at Torah Talk Pod, Podcast. We have been celebrating these holidays for many years. We have lots of fun uh, ways of doing that that we would be happy to share with you. And then we look forward in future uh, Torah Talk podcasts talking more specifically about each one of these holidays. But until that time, we say shalom to all of you. Shalom, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time on Torah Talk. <laughs>